Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Well, good morning. I want to welcome you today to Generation Church. Uh, this is the uh, the weekend before Christmas, and it's a special weekend. And uh, I got a message for you today that I believe will help you. The title is, I Will Not Survive the Holidays Unless... Dot, dot, dot. I want to give you some tools today that will help you uh, not only just to survive the holidays, but really to thrive in the holidays. Hey, can we welcome all those joining us by video this morning? So glad you guys have tuned in. I want to invite you to be a part of a service live and in person right here at Generation Church. So we'll not survive the holidays unless dot, dot, dot. Uh, you know, many of us probably started our Christmas vacation on Friday. How many of you guys, Friday was your last day of work for a few days? Yeah. All the staff are shaking their head. No, it's, it's really just beginning for us. And, uh, but we'll give you guys some time off afterwards. But for a lot of us, we started our Christmas vacation on Friday. And, you know, Christmas will be here on Wednesday. And so um, in that vacation time, there are a lot of things that happen. You know, you have to face Uncle Bob and Aunt Mildred and, uh, and get grilled. Right? If your name's Mildred, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying I have one. And so, um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that happen through the holidays that are stressful. How many of you guys just feel like like you already need a break. Like, can I just, you know, have a break already? Um, you know, and so I want to give you some tools. I believe that this weekend is a weekend of preparation for us to give you guys some tools to make it through the holidays, uh, not with just a survivalist mentality, but a revivalist mentality that, that God has some things for you this Christmas. You only get one Christmas 2013. That God has some things for you this Christmas to accomplish. That there are some things that God wants to build up on the inside of you and then unleash unleash you in in ministering to people, that you would bring the message of hope and Jesus to people who are hopeless. And many of them are our own family members. You know, I love Christmas time not only because of all the parties and snow days and gallons of eggnog that I get to drink, um, but I love it because all of these things revolve around one very important thing, and it's not the birth of Jesus. They revolve around the belief that the birth of Jesus brought to this earth. That Jesus, when he came as a baby, brought hope and he brought faith. And I think sometimes we celebrate the birth of the Jesus that came and and was in that manger and we forget why he came. He came to bring hope to a world that was hopeless. And I believe that this Christmas, God wants to help us bring hope to a world that's hopeless, that we would be on mission with the Lord. We don't just celebrate the birth of a baby. We celebrate the change in which that baby brought to this earth. That because he came, we now have the ability to believe. And we would believe that God wants to do something special with our life. Christmas at its very core is not about the birth of a baby. Christmas at its very core is about faith. About your belief system. What's, what's going on inside of you? What you believe determines how you live. You know, we can say we believe a lot of things, but we really tell what we believe by how we act. By how we live out our days. It's faith that resides in every believer. And that faith is available to anyone who has yet to believe. Some of you are here today. And you have yet to believe. I believe that the Lord drew you here on purpose today so that you could receive the faith that billions of people across the planet 
have received. That this Christmas could be something that is a mile marker for you, a milestone for your life. And for those of you who already believe, I believe God wants to make it a milestone Christmas for you too, a banner year for you and your family, that God wants to do something supernatural in your life. It is the very same faith that the birth of Jesus brought to this planet that gives us the ability and the power to live above all the wrongs of this world. You know, you think about the Christmas season and, uh, man, there's, even though we celebrate the birth of Jesus, there's a lot that happens that's wrong with that, you know? There's a lot of consumerism that happens. There's a lot of uh, missing what the whole reason for the season is. A lot of people are, are depressed around the Christmas holiday. And, and to some degree, it's, it's kind of ironic that the, the global celebration of the Savior of the world produces so much turmoil in people's lives. See, I think we need something inside of us that helps us overcome that turmoil. That God this year wants to build something inside of us that gives us the victory over all of that oppression, all of those things that try to take us down. You know, I believe that, uh, that the, the enemy, you guys remember the devil, right? Little horns, pitchfork, tail that, yeah, right. When you think about the global celebration of Christmas around the world, billions of people that either are believers or not believers, it doesn't matter. Everybody celebrates Christmas for the most part. It's one of the largest opportunities, one of the best opportunities for people to get to know the Savior. It's, it's a place, one of only two big events, Easter and Christmas, where people come out to church. Maybe it's the only time they come for the year. And, and I think it's so interesting that it's such an opportunity that the world celebrates the birth of the Savior. Many of them don't even know him yet. They have such an opportunity, but the world and the devil fight us. And get us as believers so mixed up and so wore out and so tired that we become so ineffective at one of the most fertile seasons of the year. One of the, the, what should be the most effective season of the year. So I believe that it's the faith that, that came with the birth of that baby that helps us to get through what God has in store for us. The scripture says this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God or whatever or whomever is born again, they overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Even our faith. And I believe God wants to encourage us this weekend that it doesn't matter what you are facing in life, whether you're facing the busyness of the holiday season or you're facing Uncle Bob's grilling at Christmas or you're facing financial issues or you're just depressed or maybe you just don't have peace in your family. It doesn't matter what you're facing. If you can grab a hold of some faith this weekend, you can have victory over those things. You can have victory over any of those things that try to, to make your life miserable, that try to hold you back, that try to keep you incapacitated from the true task at hand, which is sharing the good news of Jesus. That we have the victory by our faith. You know, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, the world was in turmoil. We were under Roman rule and slavery abounded and people were just in a bad place. And when Jesus came, he brought hope to a hopeless world. You know, some things haven't changed over 2,000 years. There was a spiritual battle then, and it's a spiritual battle today. 
But Jesus brought hope. I love how the song, O Holy Night, describes the state in which the faithless world was in. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That when the birth of that baby came 2,000 years ago, that people felt it here. And I ask you this morning, does your soul feel his worth? Are you built up in your faith? Is there something happening inside of you where you're just trying to survive this? Or are you going to thrive in this? You know, make 2013, Christmas of 2013, a Christmas to remember. Because I believe God wants to encourage us today to do just that very thing. The whole world felt Jesus as he came. And they felt that hope. They felt that, that belief. Today, you can still feel the same connection in your soul. That same belief, that same faith that causes you to overcome. So I won't survive the holidays unless dot, dot, dot. I have four points for you today. If you have your fill-ins, you can grab those. Grab your notes with me. I won't survive the holidays unless, number one, I hear God's word. I want to give you some practical things that will help you. You know, in order to get belief inside of you, faith inside of you, you've got to hear the word of God that has been spoken to us. It is the key. You know, many of us are starting our Christmas vacation, and the tendency is, you know, we vacation from everything, including Jesus. And I just encourage you over the next week or so while you're on vacation, don't vacation from God. You know, that use this as an opportunity to hear God's word, listen to a podcast, come to a Christmas Eve service, bring somebody with you. You know, it's so easy. We get in kind of our, our rote, mundane routine of life. Like we, we spend our quiet time in the morning. We do all those kind of things. And then vacation comes and we're like, ah, we just forget everything. You know, it's an opportunity to grow deeper while you're on this Christmas vacation, it's an opportunity to go into 2014 with something built up on the inside of you that you would hear God's word. Scripture says this in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, very familiar scripture. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word hearing, it literally means that you would have ears to hear that that something inside of you you won't survive christmas unless something inside of you has a desire to hear truth unless something inside of you has a desire to hear something hopeful unless something inside of you has a desire to hear the supernatural story of god applied to the natural life of mankind i encourage you take this time to pour into yourself to fill yourself up with the word of god and that you would position yourself to have an ear to hear that word of god i love the story of jesus talked about in the book of luke there was a, a guy, he was a priest in the temple. His name is Zacharias. He's the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he was the one who paved the way for Jesus. And Zacharias was in the temple doing his everyday duty kind of stuff. And the angel of the Lord came to Zacharias and said, Zacharias, you and your wife Elizabeth, you're going to have a child. Now, he and his wife, they had never had children. She was barren, and they were old in age. And, and Zacharias heard the word of the Lord, and he stepped back, and he said, I don't understand. How can this be? And the angel came back to Zacharias, 
He said, Zacharias, because you have not heard and believed, you'll be mute until the day that your son is born. And so Zacharias couldn't speak as he came out of the temple and everybody was wondering, you know, what happened to Zacharias? And for months, for the nine months that his child was in the womb, he was not able to speak. And the point of that is that we, so many times in life, we hear God's word, we don't receive it. See, God's word came to Zacharias, but it didn't produce faith in him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there's more to it than that. You've got to have an ear to hear it. You've got to have a desire to, to take that word and to implant it inside of you and to, to make something happen with it. To receive that word and say, man, this is great. This is, this is amazing. It's outside of the supernatural bounds of life. That's what makes God's word so amazing and such life to us. Listen, you can go talk to any doorknob and just get the whole hum mundane of life. Well, this is going to fall apart. My dog left me. My wife left me. My bank account got drained down to zero. The, the tire fell off my truck and blah, 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 right? Sounds like country music. <laughs> you, if you pay, play the record backwards, you get everything back. That's prosperity, right? You go anywhere to just get the natural side of life. But God's word is the supernatural side of life. God's word is what changes things. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that the world is framed by the word of God. That the very world is held together by God's word and God's promises. Zacharias heard the word, but he did not have an ear to hear it. In the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, I don't know if you know the story, I'll fill you in. Jesus is talking about the seed of the word of God. How the seed of the word of God goes into the hearts of people. And Jesus began to talk about four types of people that had four types of soil for their heart. One of those types was they would receive the seed of the word of God. They would hear it and it would grow and it would produce fruit. It would take root and it would it would form something inside of them, and then the next person would hear the word of God readily, and it would take root, but then the sun would come out, and it would kill the plant because it didn't grow deep roots, and he goes on and on. One was choked out by the cares of the world, and, and the point of that parable is that out of four different types of people that exist on the planet, only one type really does something with what they hear. That 25% of people, let me say it that way, only 25% of people can hear or have an ear to hear the word of God and it produces fruit in their life. I mean, take a minute and just look around the auditorium just to put some perspective. Statistically, only 25% of you will hear the word of God and it will grow in you and produce fruit. 75% of it's kind of ho-hum and drum mundane, not so exciting, is it? But it's a stark reality that we have got to, to take the word of God and put it inside of us, that, that we've got to flip the switch inside of us that says, I'm going to latch on to God's word and I'm going to make something happen with it. I'm going to let it build me up this Christmas season so that this Christmas is, is a season where I get something eternal accomplished. I minister to somebody who's hurting. I'm ready to be a a hand or a foot for the Lord, that I would take the good news of Jesus 
to the world. Number two, I will not survive the holidays unless I believe. Number one, you have to hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. Have an ear to hear it. And number two, you have to believe what you hear. You won't survive the holidays unless you believe the supernatural side of what God's word says to you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to all of us as it was to them. But the word which they heard, it's the same Greek word as in Romans 10. The word that they had ears to hear did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The word that God speaks to you has to be mixed with the faith that's inside of you. You can't just hear it and expect it to magically produce something. Inside, we have to flip the switch of faith and say, that's God's word. I know his, his promises are 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. They're yes and they're amen. That God has promised things to us. Those things are unbelievable. And the way that we get the unbelievable things of the kingdom is we just have to believe it. We just have to flip the switch and say, you know what, Aunt Mildred, she's been terrorizing me for all my life. She makes me these little one-piece jumpers I got to wear with bunny ears, and I get them for Christmas. Come on. Or don't, don't, we all have this one relative that nobody in the family wants to claim. If you are that relative, come on, be nice to people. Just give us one Christmas. We don't have to run us through the ringer. Come on. That person in your family that's impossible. God has a plan for them. And I believe God wants to use some of you guys to reach that person in your family that's impossible. She would make a mark in eternity. Mixing the word and faith. It's, it's about trust. It's, it's not just hearing God's word alone that does it. We have, to, we have to believe it. Jesus talked to his disciples about having childlike faith. You know, there's just something about the way a child believes things. And for us, when we hear God's word, we, we have to get to that place where we believe it like a child. We were at a friend's house, a couple in the church were at their house for dinner on Friday, and they, were, they have this adorable little daughter, and she was doing her you know, Christmas dance and singing and stuff for us, you know, the stage is right there. And they were telling us about how she always asks for things, even though she knows that the answer is going to be no, like, Daddy, can I eat a gallon of ice cream? Well, obviously the answer is no, you're not going to eat a gallon. But she continues to ask because somewhere inside of her, she believes that sometimes, somewhere, I'm going to get to eat this ice cream. She has this childlike faith. Daddy, can I drive the car at three years old? Well, obviously, no, you can't eat ice cream and drive the car at the same time. But she continues to ask, how much more for us with our heavenly father that we know his promises are already made good for us just to get to that place of childlike faith where we just believe. Zacharias heard the word of God, but he didn't believe. And the angel of the Lord left Zacharias and we see in scripture just a few verses later that Gabriel, the angel, came to Mary, the mother of Jesus. 
the soon-to-be mother of Jesus. And she, he said, Mary, you are going to become pregnant with the seed of the word of God. You're going to carry within your womb the son of God. Name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. She heard the word of God just like Zacharias did from an angel. But her response was very different. She responded back to the angel. She said, how can this be? But nevertheless, be it unto me according to your word. Think it's so different. They were both asked or told similar information from angels, but one heard the word and didn't believe. One heard the word and believed. What's the difference in Zacharias and Mary? She just chose to believe. What's the difference in you and anybody else on the planet? What are you going to choose to believe? You choose to believe that God wants to do something supernatural? If you choose to believe that, I guarantee you God will do something supernatural. Mary readily believed, even though it was against all reason. She was a virgin young girl, had never known a man, and she was told she was going to become pregnant. How supernatural is that? I believe God this weekend is going to speak some things to you that are supernatural, that he wants to accomplish maybe this holiday season in your life or family, or maybe he's even going to begin to speak to you about what he wants to accomplish through your life in the next year in 2014. I encourage you to believe the word of God, to, to say, be it unto me according to your word, Lord. Number three, I won't survive the holidays unless I act on my faith. Unless I act on my faith. James chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, Thus also by faith, if it does not have works, our faith is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. That your faith is displayed by how you act. By what you do. As soon as Mary heard that she was going to carry the Messiah as her child and she was going to give birth to Emmanuel, she began to act. Scripture tells us that she got her stuff together immediately and she left and she went to her cousin Elizabeth's house. Now Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist at this time. So Mary began to, to act out what she was believing. God said, you're going to have a child. Well, she goes. And she begins to have corresponding actions. And the same thing has to happen to us. Nobody in your family is going to get ministered to unless you have an action, a ministry. Unless you, you take a minute and say, hey, what's going on in your life? What's up, Aunt Mildred? You've been knitting sweaters? And, and look for opportunities to act out your faith, what God has spoken to you for opportunities to pray for somebody. Nobody ever gets born again if you don't invite them to Jesus. If you don't invite people to Christmas Eve services, they're not going to get born again at our Christmas Eve services. Lives get changed when we begin to act out the things that God is speaking to us. Faith has to have this corresponding action. You know, Jesus had to, in order to save mankind, he had to act out his faith. The last year that Jesus ministered on the planet, he had to go to Passover. And in order to become the Passover lamb, he had to be in Jerusalem. He had to have the triumphal entry. And when you study what Jesus did that last Passover that he celebrated, the 
powers that be, the Roman government, the government of the Jewish synagogue, they were ready to kill him. And Jesus knew, even his disciples warned him, Jesus, don't go in, into Jerusalem this year. And so when you study scripture, you find out that Jesus hung out at Bethany. And he hung out with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And then he had to work his actions out by faith so that he could position himself. He couldn't just jump right in the middle of Jerusalem on day one. There were seven days of Passover. We have to have actions that correspond with our faith. What do you believe in God for? And then act in that general direction. And allow God to take those actions that you show your faith with and anoint them and bless them and give you power. Number four, is this helping anybody? I won't survive the holidays unless I wait upon the Lord. You have to hear the word of God, have an ear to hear the word of God. That word in the Greek, the word of God is the Greek word rhema. It means it's a revealed word. There are two words for the word of God, logos and rhema. One is just the written logos word. And one is the revealed, the rhema word of God. You've got to hear the rhema, the revealed word of God, the word of God for you, that he speaks to you. And you only get that when you position yourself to hear his voice. You hear that word, then you have to begin to believe it. And then because of that belief system, you begin to act on it. And then you have to wait on the Lord. The Lord will do what he said he will do. You know, as soon as Mary heard that she was going to become pregnant with the Messiah, she gathered her things together. She went to Elizabeth, her cousin's house, and Scripture says that she waited there three months. Now, we don't know by Scripture when she actually received the seed of God and she became pregnant with Jesus. We don't know if it happened immediately. We don't know if it happened on month one, two, three. But at some point between that point of hearing the Word of God and believing it and acting on it, until the third month, she became pregnant with Jesus. She had to wait. She had to trust. And if you put yourself in Mary's shoes at that time, she's a young Jewish girl who's not married, who's pregnant. And she's having to trust the word of the Lord. And you know how trust is, like when you're believing God for something, every day that passes, it gets a little harder. You ever notice that? Like, wouldn't it be cool if God just answered all the prayers like day one? And sometimes he does do that. But for so many instances in our life, we have to wait. The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. It says that you do not become sluggish, but that you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I love it because it says, don't just have faith and patience. It says, imitate those who've already gone before you. They've already proven that it works. And through faith and patience, they have inherited the promises of God. Scripture also tells us that it is our patience, the trying of our faith that works out patience, that, that those two things work hand in hand. Patience is really just about trusting him. We want it on day one, but sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. Every day that goes by seemingly gets a little bit harder, but every day that goes by, it seemingly gets a little bit harder. It's an opportunity to grow and stretch your belief system. 
Maybe you've been ministering to somebody in your family. You've been sharing the love of Jesus with them for your entire lifetime. I believe this year that God is going to give you the desires of your heart, that he's going to do some things. It will be a better year for you. That through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. We have to give God the opportunity to work. And that opportunity, it takes time. You know, the disciples kept saying to Jesus, Jesus, when is the kingdom coming? They walked around with him for three and a half years. When, Lord? They couldn't wait. But when the time was right, in the fullness of time, the promise of God came to pass. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know if you have turmoil in your family. I don't know if your marriage is on the rocks. I don't know if you're dreading spending time with people that have hurt you in the past. I don't know if you're financially in ruin right now. I don't know where you are. But I do know that the Lord has a word for every situation on life. And I do know that we have the ability to believe that word for every situation. We have the ability to act it out and to wait on God to make it come to pass. And I just encourage you this weekend, make this year something to remember. Let your faith get built up inside of you. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 30, he said, I can do nothing of myself. But he had to rely on the Holy Spirit and the promises of the Father. And we are no different than that. We have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have to rely on the promises of the Father to come to pass in our life. You know, Jesus didn't do all the miracles that he did as God. Scripture is very clear in the book of Philippians that he took off deity. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with man. And he came to this planet fully God, but fully man. He didn't turn water into wine as God. He turned water into wine as a man through faith in the promises of Father. He didn't raise Lazarus from the dead as God. He raised Lazarus from the dead just as a man like me or you. Just a human. Blind eyes were opened because he had faith. You read through the book of John, you hear he says, I only do what I hear my father say. He only believed what the father told him. And the power of the Holy Spirit empowered him to do those things. And then in John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus makes this statement. He says, all of these things that I have done, all of these great works that you've seen, John actually wrote about it. And he said, if you were to try to contain in books all of the miracles that Jesus did, there would not be enough books to contain it. And Jesus is referencing his life and ministry. He says, all the things that I have done that you've seen me do, you will do the same works. But not only the same works that I've done will you do, you will do those works and you'll do greater works. He raised people from the dead. He opened blind eyes, turned water into wine. He did all those things and he promised us that we would do greater works. And the key to doing that is what's happening here. What are you believing for? As a pastor, I try to keep a 
a gauge on what's happening in the world spiritually. And I see pockets of people who are doing greater works. God wants to do greater works right here. God wants to do greater works in your family and in your life. And it's based on what do you believe? Where's your faith? I pray that the Lord would strengthen you this Christmas, that he would encourage you this Christmas, that something on the inside of you would begin to develop, that you would begin to take the word of God that you've heard and and something inside of you would begin to switch on Then you would begin to believe like you've never believed before. And and because of that belief system, it would change the way that you act. And, And maybe you would do some things this Christmas that you've never done before. Maybe you would minister to some people like that you've never ministered to before, that that something would begin to stir inside of your soul and that you would make your mark on eternity this year, that you would allow God to work through you for greater works. He would change somebody's eternal destination. That you wouldn't just survive the holidays, but that you would thrive. Stand up on your feet with me. give you the opportunity this morning to put your faith into action. I believe this weekend is a preparation for us. So I want you to take just a minute and I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to ask them, what can I pray for you for? And I want you just to take turns and just pray for each other. Just take a couple of minutes this morning and just say, you know, what can I pray for you? How can I put my faith into action? After you've found somebody and you've prayed, look around for maybe somebody who hasn't found someone yet. Everybody, come on, everybody find someone and pray for them this weekend. Use this as a serious moment because I believe that this can be a spark. It can be the match that is ignited for your faith. this opportunity pass you find somebody to pray for and after you're done praying for that person look around the room and just look for somebody who's standing there that obviously hasn't been prayed for yet and be bold go over and say hey have you been prayed for yet is there anything I can pray for you for I will tell you this in the first two services the Lord moved in people's lives there were people in tears as God was just ministering to hearts this opportunity pass you by. Who is 
come and just walk around and just look for somebody who may not have been prayed for yet. I don't want anybody to miss out on God's blessing for their life. Maybe I could get some ushers and just some different folks and, you know, just ask, hey, have you been prayed for? And if they haven't, pray for them. And if they have, then then find somebody else. I just, I see some folks around that I'm not sure they've been prayed for yet. If you haven't been prayed for and you'd like somebody to pray for you, up. I'll make sure to get one of our team there to you. For nothing in this world can satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. No, nothing in this world can satisfy. You're the cup that won't run dry Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry I wish you could see from my perspective what I see Tears streaming down faces The Lord moving in people's lives Love being in the presence of God As you finish praying, you can go ahead and be seated If you're still praying Feel free to take your time. As you're done, if you want to be seated, as Pastor Sean sings. In your presence is heaven to me. If you would close your eyes and just, just take a moment in the presence of God. Let the Lord minister to you while we sing.
presence of the Lord. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, I want to give you the opportunity to connect with Him. I don't know what your life has been like. I don't know what reasons you have that you've never connected with your your loving Heavenly Father. Maybe religion and condemnation and those kind of things have pushed you away from God and for good reason. God is not about that. He's about love. He is mercy and truth. So if you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship with God and and you just sense the tug on your heart, that is the presence of the Lord. He loves you. He wants to connect with you. So if you would just close your eyes, everybody in here, you're here and you know you don't have a relationship with God. doesn't matter why, but God's tugging on your heart. He's tugging on your heart for a reason. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up? God's tugging on your heart this morning.
time as I look around anybody else okay, secondly you're here today and your relationship with God is it's not on focus anymore it's been skewed it's off to one side or the other and today God is tugging on your heart to refocus that relationship if that's you I want to pray for you who is that thank you sir up or look at me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. What a great Christmas gift to be reunited with your loving Heavenly Father. Scripture says this, that if you can say with your mouth, things that you believe in your heart, if you can believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He went to the cross for us, He died for the sin of this world, and He was raised again into newness of life, and He became our sacrifice. If you can believe those things and say those words with your mouth, that you will be born again, that you will have relationship with your Creator, with your Father. Those of you today who are responding to the Lord, I want to help you facilitate. I want to help you say with your mouth the things that are happening in your heart. So can you repeat this prayer with me? Say it nice and loud. If you didn't raise your hand or look up at me, but God's tugging on your heart, pray the prayer. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Father God, that you sent Jesus to die for me. paid the price for all of my wrong and that he made me a new creation and a child of God and I thank him for that in Jesus name hey can we welcome our brothers and sisters into the kingdom